Hi, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of the Shop Notes podcast. I'm your host, Phil Huber, joined today by the usual suspects, Logan Whitmer and John Doyle. Today is episode number 126. On today's episode, we will be discussing lumber storage and the wood stashes that we want or don't want in our shops. Hope you enjoy today's episode. So there you go. Oh, I wanted to say thanks to everybody who commented on the last week's podcast announcing the relaunch of Shop Notes. It's nice to see that folk remembered Shop Notes and still have a lot of love for it. And the enthusiasm as we have to get this thing back into publication. What the crap? We're relaunching Shop Notes? <laughs> Surprise! Dang it. Surprise! I feel like you didn't listen to the podcast last week. <laughs> I didn't. You're right. right. <laughs> Guilty. Yeah. All right. So here's the question for today. And I feel like it, it is in my workshop, so I'm going to assume that it's the case in a lot of people's workshop, is that when you have a small space, you intentionally or unintentionally leave out certain categories of something. Okay. So for example, in my shop, I have a lumber rack, really nice one was featured in shop notes magazine, oddly enough. And it does a great job for kind of project parts, even has some tool storage and places for smaller, shorter pieces. Um, I'll put a link to that plan on the show notes page. Um, but it doesn't have anything for plywood storage. Therefore, my shop doesn't have plywood storage. Okay. And it's always, it's kind of haunted me because I'll have, most of the time if I'm bringing plywood in, it's for a specific project and it gets sliced and diced into project pieces. But you're always going to have those like half to less size plywood panels that aren't humongous, but they don't fit in a lumber rack. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Could you cut them into strips that do fit on your lumber lumber rack and then glue them? <laughs> just glue back them together? up when I need to, right? Just, yeah, that. when you need them, it's just like lumber. <laughs> Problem solved. Episode over. I'm gonna really write that one down. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> So where I was going with that is because even though my lumber rack is really nice and holds a lot more than I think it does, there isn't a ton of space in there for kind of the, the serendipity wood that one might find. And I'm looking at Logan Whitmer at this point as a Sawyer who I'm sure has far more material than he wants right now. We call it inventory, Phil. 
in the biz. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> in it's the biz. It's it's money in the bank. Is what it is. I'm saving it right. for a rainy yeah. day. I'm saving it for my next mm-hmm. big tool purchase that I need to get some cash for. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um. Yeah, I don't store plywood. Like that, and that's fair. That, but yeah. it's like when you do use plywood, what do you do with the leftover pieces? Are you fine with just chucking everything X size and smaller? Yeah, I'm. I'm a like six inches and under is gone. Yeah, so, what do you do with like if you have a half a sheet left over? Um, I don't use plywood. I guess I don't know because I don't really use plywood <laughs> that much in my shop. I mean, if I, yeah. if I do, okay, no, hold on. Let me rephrase this. If I use plywood in a project, <laughs> I do it in the shop office and then I put it in our plywood rack. <laughs> That's where it stays until somebody there uses it. I donate it to the, to the greater good. Um, no, so I do you have. apply it forward. I, I apply it forward. That's right. Um, I do have maybe a sheet of like a half sheet of MDF and a half sheet of pegboard that is stored in my garage right now. Um, I basically stand up against the wall and then it goes behind my lumber. So it's like right now I got stacks of walnut and oak and sycamore leaning up against my wall, but behind those is my plywood. Is it a good solution? No, but you never ask for good solutions. (laughs) Um, I, to be honest with you, I think the best plywood holder... I, I do have... I have one of the lumber carts from Woodsmith, I think. Yeah. I don't think it was a shop in this one. I'm pretty sure it's a Woodsmith one. Um, and it has some plywood storage in it. I just don't like... I don't like any plywood storage I've ever seen designed. Except for... I like the one we have in the shop. The plywood rack. Now, right. not everybody has space for that because it requires a four foot depth and eight feet tall, and then they go in like a bookshelf, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's the which best is really option. handy. It is, and I think that's the best option if you have the space for it. So, my plan right now, I use for lumber storage. I use like the Bora lumber racks. Um, I've used. Like the ones you buy from Menards in the in the past, where it just has the upright standards and they have the like, you know, clip in type things, yeah. and those are fine. Um, but I think in uh, once my new shop's up and we are, um, I have everything in there. I think I want to do some form of permanent lumber storage that I will try to incorporate a plywood sheet good holder like we have. You know, it doesn't have to be wide. I don't hold a ton of you know, a whole ton of inventory of plywood, but you know, for the occasional right. two or three sheets, you know, I might make it six inches wide to hold, you know, up to five or six sheets. Um, and that's it. You know, I just, I don't usually like to have a bunch of plywood. I try to buy what I need for a project and then scrap the rest. I mean, I will hold on to, I do, I will say I hold on to small parts. I'm looking at my lumber rack that's on the opposite side of the shop. That I'm not going to show you because the shop is a nightmare. I do keep some smaller parts, mainly for like sacrificial miter gauge fences, stuff like that. Um, right. 
or jigs, um, like you know something like just being able to screw a a base plate onto a router, you know, just a half inch piece of plywood that I had scrap on. Um, but other than that, I try not to. In general, I try not to hold on to scrap lumber, and I put plywood in that category. Okay. So. Yeah, because the one we have in the shop, I mean, if we loaded it up, we could probably put easy 40 oh, yeah. plus sheets in there. Oh, yeah. Like right now, half of it has veneer and melamine and rolls of or sheets of copper in it, you know, just like goofy stuff. But yeah, if we just put straight up plywood in there, oh, man, you load it up, have a truck full. I don't know if I'm guessing that was just a like shop guys decided to slap it together and put it in no that was planned that was way it? because we wanted to have because there, there's that large entry door to the shop on that yeah. side and the opposite wall has all of our board storage yeah well plus it's the turning corner now too but it used to be all board storage yeah Mm-hmm. So we had a very significant lumber storage area that accommodated not only long boards and full sheets of plywood, but smaller spaces for shorter but useful offcuts of solid wood. And then, sure. like, there's the two two bins, I guess, like, four bays, kind of, of, you know, the offcut plywood panels, you know. Yeah. I guess what I was getting at, that was never, like, a plan, though oh no it wasn't a plan yeah that's what i mean because it has it has a nice ted Ted drew that up and yeah it has a nice like roller system not really a roller system but there's like pvc on the bottom edge of it so when you get a sheet halfway in it will kind of teeter-totter and you can roll it in the rest of the way which is really nice and i I like that yeah that part is nice i mean i'm sure and i feel like i've seen these and i know you guys could probably verify this We've got a lot of reader tips on sheet good storage, like hang it from the ceiling, or here's how I use my canoe dolly puller upper <laughs> to hang my plywood sheets above my head. <laughs> it's like, oh, cool. Yeah. Hope mm-hmm. you don't die. Yeah. But, yeah. Now, would you guys be afraid to, I ask this because this is a great product idea, store your sheet goods outside in like a plastic sleeve? A plywood envelope? Yes. Yes, a plastic mm. plywood envelope. Mm. I think it would get kind of reminds me of those big uh tube worm things that replace silos where they have That's right. Like, That's exactly yes. it's just the white long plastic yep. of That's exactly what it is. Silage or round bales of hay or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um Yeah, I'd be worried. Okay. <laughs> I would probably be willing to try it, but know for sure that it would probably get a hole in it from some rock chucked by a mower yep. or a kid or chewed up by squirrels or chipmunks or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I asked that because um, when I was down at David Marks' place a couple of weeks ago, well, a couple months ago now um he had a lot of lumber 
store outside. Not necessarily lumber, but like turning blanks. Like we'd be walking around his his backyard, and he has like an acre. Um, he's like, yeah. And he whips off the tarp, and there's like, he's like, these are all Clara walnut burls, and there's like mounds of them. And <laughs> you know, some of the stuff was like, I don't think he had any sheet goods outside, but some of the stuff's like, man, I would not stick stuff outside. But then I started thinking. My lumber's all outside, stuff that's not kiln-dried. It's all stacked yeah. outside. Doesn't really hurt it. Um, I have space under my deck that I could technically probably skin the underside of the deck so it would never get water under the deck, and I could I could put lumber under there. And I thought about storing sheet goods out there, knowing that it wouldn't get wet. It would, it would be out through the humidity, though, which is not a good thing, necessarily. Right. So... Just in time inventory, man. That's what you need. Just in time <laughs> plywood parts. <laughs> Goes in one door and out the other. That's right. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of people that, that are, as woodworkers, that's kind of their wood philosophy is that they only get the wood that they need for whatever projects they're currently working on and then are pretty ruthless about scraps and short pieces and stuff like that. And I get that. But then... I feel like and I I'm kind of leaning this way okay. is you know being able to take advantage of uh, having some kind of a lumber stash a little bit you know that you find x number of boards through a network of people or something like that and you don't really have a specific use for it at the time mm -hmm. or it's a far off project but you know like hey when am i ever going to have the opportunity to have half a tree of a white fir yeah you know and then where do you put that and how so i guess part of my question then is if you were to have a long-term lumber hoard kind of dragon style what are some options for storing it long-term? You know, where it doesn't have to be in your shop acclimating yet. Yep. But you found a too good to pass up deal. Hmm. Sounds like, sounds like there needs to be like a lumber banking system out there. <laughs> Can we do that? Um... That would be something to find out, like how many woodworkers have a self-storage unit that is basically a wood vault. That, that, I mean, that's where I initially went, like thinking, thinking to, well, yeah, thinking to when I was in my old house and I didn't have, you know, the, the space I have here. I just didn't let my wife park in the garage. I just had sawhorses that had a lot of lumber <laughs> stacked on it. Mm -hmm. Not a great <laughs> option, and I don't suggest it. Um, but I think, like, I did have... Well, I guess it's when we were we were looking at moving out of this house, so I moved a lot of my lumber out of the garage. I did get a storage unit and stored it in there. It sucks to move it in and out, especially in Iowa when it's really hot. You basically send everything through a kiln cycle when you do that. Right. Um, it, it was interesting because I, I listened to um, 
I like listening to uh, Shannon Rogers, uh, Renaissance Woodworker. I like to listen to his podcast, The Lumber Update, The Lumber Industry Update. Yeah. Um, and he was he had a gentleman on there that's name is Tommaso something. Um, but this guy is like a, a wood hoarder, basically. Um, but like he he likes to buy you know batches of lumber from you know uh, estate sales stuff like that you know grandpa had had this walnut tree sawn and it's been kind of sitting in the barn for years and now the family's selling off everything and you know he buys it at you know pennies on the dollar basically so he said something about how he thinks he has probably close to thirty five forty thousand board feet just stashed whoa and most of it if I remember right off this podcast, it was a couple weeks since I listened to it, but most of it, if I remember correctly, was like stored at friends' houses. So like, you know, oh, I have a friend that, and if I remember right, this guy might be in like the Pennsylvania, Virginia area, somewhere around there. I could be completely wrong on that. Um, but like, uh, he had friends that had like barns and they weren't necessarily using them. It's like, oh, hey, there's always a hayloft in a barn and the floor might be gone, but you got rafters and rafters are a perfect place to store boards um and that's a i think that's a valid option if you have an attic that's not getting used um yeah you're you're introducing your lumber to a depending on your climate a really strenuous environment on it you know between freezing cold really hot and humid um technically it should be fine um as long as you acclimate it once it comes back into your house don't put wet stuff up there either or else you might be you know, kind of percolating mold in your attic, um, or right. potentially you case harden your lumber if it goes into the attic while it's wet and the outside gets super dried. Um, but I think that's an option too. Like, I don't. I mean, do you want to be carrying boards up in your attic? I don't know, but maybe that's an option. Yeah, kind of depends on access. It does. You know, like, what well, what's your attic access? Yeah. You know? Or if your garage has an attic space or space above yeah. it, I guess. Yeah. I know Dana Myers, our former shop craftsman, um, I've cut quite a bit of lumber for him. And he doesn't have a ton of space, um, but he stores it under their four-season porch. So his four-season porch oh. is enclosed. And then I think there's, if I remember right, there's like lattice work around it, but he has like a, a double door gate he can open up and crawl under there and that's where all his lumber is stored i gave him some really really nice i'm not bitter about this at all if you can't tell gave him some <laughs> really nice walnut two or three years ago he still hasn't used it it's under there so let's go get it back yeah i should knock on his door so before you had your sawmill mm-hmm would you have considered storing boards outside? Um, if you didn't have space for it inside somewhere? Yes. Um, depends on what the species is and where it was at and if I knew it was dry or not. The problem is, and the problem today ends up being more from the amount of people in the in the sawing industry if you don't know if that board is dry like there's you can feel a board and think it's dry but it's not you know yeah um, so if you don't know how that board was dried and it is wet and you're storing it 
outside under tarps, you're asking for a lot of mold. Um, so sure. like, so so I guess what I'm getting at is if I if I knew where it came from and I knew for a fact that it was dry, then yes, I have no problems doing that, and I did do that um, about eight years ago or so. I bought a big batch of um, walnut from a guy up in Laporte City, which is by Waterloo in Iowa. If anybody's I know, I know we have listeners from Iowa. Um, but anyways, he had had it sawn a number of years prior. And it was shorter stuff. It was like six foot stock. Um, and it, I mean, it, was, it had been, I, I think he had had it cut like 20 years ago. This guy was definitely a wood hoarder. And um, when I got it home, I did stack it outside and I stacked it under tarps because I knew it was dry. Um, and actually, that's how the guy had it stored as well. He had it stored on a pallet in his backyard under tarps. Um, that was because every room of his house had lumber in it. Literally, every room of his house had lumber in it. His garage had lumber in it. Like, it was a lot of lumber uh, and a lot of lot of vintage vintage fan tools too. I haven't heard from him recently. I don't remember what his name was. Um, anyways, hopefully yeah. the lumber didn't fall on him when he was sleeping. Hopefully not. So, oh, yeah. Robert Delk, that was his name, Robert. So, he had a lot of really nice tools too. He didn't like to sell them; he liked to collect them. But no, I, I guess, keep the rain off of it. Um, let it still get airflow. Like the worst thing you can do with lumber is drying lumber or dried lumber is envelop it with something so like wrapping a tarp and tucking it underneath like a you know nicely made bed is not a good idea you need to let air flow through it yeah and um i i found i had this issue here where i'm at now i didn't have it in my old house but i have it here because we're by the timber um as soon as you start stacking lumber you're going to get mice in it so like you'll be pulling apart boards and there's you know mice crap and the nests and stuff in there. So and frogs, right? Those are fun. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't have any problems storing it outside if I can keep it out of the weather. Yeah, and out of direct sunlight because direct sunlight will fade a lot of stuff too. Sure. So if you were to keep it outside and use a tarp, you know, instead of putting the tarp on like a bed sheet, you'd set it up almost like a lean-to tent or something like that. Exactly. So that it's yeah. shading and shedding water. Yep. Yep. Best best case scenario, I, I throw two-by-fours on top. So if my stack's four foot wide, okay. I'll cut two-by-fours that are six and a half or seven foot wide and lay them crosswise. So it almost creates like eaves on it. Sure. And you can still wrap the tarp a little bit around those to kind of protect some <clears> of that side splashing. But you're trying to still allow airflow through the entire top stack uh, or top part of the stack, even if even if that lumber is dried, you still want yeah. air to move. So sure, yeah, yeah, because you're trying to avoid creating. I mean, you want the climate around each individual board to be as uniform as possible, where you're not creating yep. a a wet pocket or a hot space or whatever. Exactly. And, okay. and some of the people tend to get more concerned about the, the wetness 
rotting their boards away. So like if hey, my boards get wet, they're going to rot. That's not necessarily the case. Um, most sure. lumber can get wet and dry multiple times. The problem arises when you have um, a stack of lumber stickered, it gets wet, and then it can't dry. That's where mm-hmm. you get into problems because generally what you end up with is um, sticker stain. So you'll get moisture trapped in between your stickers and your boards, and that will cause black mold and mildew, and it will transmit through the board. And a lot of times it will just leave. I don't have anything here that has it because um, I'm usually pretty pretty good with my stacks of lumber. Um, but you'll get like shadow lines almost through a board, yeah. um, and that's sticker stain. It's, it's mildew. Um causing some form of discoloration of the board. So that's where I guess more of the issue arises. Oh, so what are your guys' thoughts on like the, the plywood like rollout things? Like I've seen where guys will hinge them against their wall. And they swing out. Yeah. 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 I think that works under like lumber, like if you have lumber uh, storage above it, but it's like, I don't know. It just, then it just seems like you always have that, you know, have to have that room to, to swing it out. So you have to move everything that, you know, all the tools and stuff. And I don't know. It just seems like it fill up the garage and it's just hard to have room to swing stuff out. Yeah. I think there's those kind of situation, that kind of solution is pretty specific in the sense that you would have it alongside a a large garage door. So you can't have anything sticking out where, you know, you'd open up the garage door and you still need to get a car in or whatever. And then you could have it pivoting right, basically almost right next to the garage door. And then you can swing that. And then you have probably more opportunity to have built in Mm -hmm. free space to a certain extent to be able to get at it. But, it's like that's where that type of storage system works well. So, John, you have done tips for Woodsmith for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, storage ideas come in. Have you seen anything that was particularly innovative to you? I'm trying to think. Because we usually try not to do anything that hangs from rafters because we don't have rafters here so we'd have to create a ceiling to uh f- photograph it which is a pain in the butt so right I'm trying to think because it was like what logan was saying is like there's always somebody trying to like hoist something up and suspend something or and it's like how practical is that really yeah so or like the the swing out method that we were just talking about so Plywood's always just a conundrum because it takes up – usually you're trying to use wall space for tools or storage and it just – it takes up wall space it seems like no matter what you do. It just yeah. – it's in the way either behind something where you can't get to it or in front of something where you can't get to the other stuff you need. So, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, what about I, – I do, I do Logan's method and just bring it here, store it at the shop. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if, I have if it gets plywood. used, so be it. <laughs> It's your penance for yep, yep. it's your penance yep. for using the shop. 
I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily hate the ceiling idea. I'm thinking like in a garage shop. Okay, ah, that doesn't work. You got a garage door opener. Never mind. There's a center mounted. <laughs> um, like I have a double garage door um, in my garage, and that's a lot of real estate above the garage door. And I don't hate that idea of hanging it like up there because you don't use that space anyways, right? Like some people will put racks for like tubs and whatever above their garage door, and that's cool. But if it was right. a shop, I don't hate that idea of like storing it above the garage door. But I think you'd almost have to do like a like a a winch system. You know what I mean? Where it's like mm-hmm. you can use a to lift it up and down, and then it's like, is it really worth it? I mean, yeah. Or you just buy smaller pieces of plywood if you don't need a full sheet, or I don't know. I just I struggle with it mm-hmm. because I put a lot of. I am, and again, I'm not going to spin my camera around because you wouldn't know what I'm going to say is true. Looking at my shop right now, uh, I put a lot of weight on not having a ton of crap floating around. So it's like if I can, if I need half a sheet of plywood. I would rather buy a half a sheet of plywood and pay 20% more than buying a whole sheet and having to store a half sheet. Right. It's, sure. it's like terrible. I'm sure like Dave Ramsey or whoever the financial person is, is like screaming <laughs> at me. But I, I mean, I put that value on my sanity. Like I, I can't stand yeah. it. So I would rather just pay the little extra and not do that. So, well, it was like what Phil was saying earlier. Do you get a storage unit? But then it's like, you you're paying for that lumber yeah twice over, over time and over, and over and over and i think yeah. the thing about hanging on to scrap pieces of lumber it's like you're thinking oh it's free material later i've already paid for it you know if i throw it away mm-hmm. you know i lose that if i hang on to it it's free but it's like you get to the point where you're either paying to store it or it's taking up space and you you're moving it every time you're trying to get something done or so it's like how much cost is in it every time you've touched that to move it or yeah. you're tripping over it and it's just a big inconvenience. So then it's like, you're just paying for it later. If you have, it's okay to keep a small amount that's out of the way, but then, you know, it gets to the point where it's costing you either, like you say, your sanity or costing you to store it or, yeah. or whatever. So. But. Now I do, I, I do like to hold on to special pieces of wood. And this comes this is the turner in me, is what it is. Mm-hmm. Because like I don't need you know the, the, the type of like I'm not, I keep saying special the type of special pieces we find in Iowa aren't like terribly crazy. I mean we're not getting like big leaf maple burl and stuff like you get in the Pacific Northwest or you know like mesquite root balls from down south. We get more of like you know, occasional curly maple, um, you know, the, the tree we took down at your house, Phil, had, you know, some really nice curl in the in the, yeah. the trunk flare. Those are the smaller pieces I'll hold on to. You know, I got a, a shelf above my lathe that has a bunch of little turning blocks on it that I've cut out of some curly maple. Um, I have grabbed a couple special pieces. When I went down to David Mark's place, I brought him some English boxwood, and he sent me back with some maple burl some olive wood he sent me with a couple of um, african blackwood clarinet bell blanks and a pepper wood burl um so like 
there are those occasional special pieces that I mean, and I I'm realizing as I get older, I need to write down stuff on the uh, on the wood like where it's from because it's like I just I won't remember. I mean, I'll remember these, but at some point, I'm probably not going to. Um, and my point, my goal is to use them before I forget. But there are little special things, <laughs> mm-hmm. or. Uh, oh man it was when we were in the old video studio i i saved a bunch of redwood from a a this redwood came from a a school in town they were little shorts but i still have a bunch of it sitting here um not a bunch i have short short pieces now um real short pieces that's almost like it's not almost worth not keeping but i like the looks of it so much that i keep it Mm -hmm. so there's always exceptions to the rule yeah I think it works to hang on to special pieces for turning because usually turning projects are kind of like a one-off, like yeah. one-piece type of thing where if you're saving stuff for to use part of a larger project or a larger assembly, it just doesn't seem to match. If you're trying to match it with new wood and old wood, it just yeah. the look changes. and So it works for smaller projects and, and turning, like you said, but if you're hanging on to it thinking you're going to build some cabinet later and buy some new yeah. lumber to go with it. Just, it usually does, doesn't look right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what I found too, is that it's really easy to find like a single board of something and you think it's a great deal or, you know, somebody gave it to you or whatever, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean you need to accept it because what are you going to do with a single board unless you're making a small box yeah. or it's getting turned into a cutting board or something like that. See, now, is that something you guys would have you thought know? about before being at the magazine? Like, because I don't know. I mean, I, I know that, yes, if you can select boards from the same tree because you're going to get the most homogenous color. I get that, and I know I read that, but is it something you guys really would have thought about before being at the magazine, or would you have been like, hey, I have an extra piece of walnut here, mm-hmm. extra piece of walnut from an, from another project, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, I got enough walnut to make a bookcase. And you put it together, you're like, oh, I got a rainbow full of walnut here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I would have thought of it in the same way. Sure. You know, most of the woodworking that I did before I started here the places where I purchased lumber from let you pick through the stacks. So even if the pieces didn't come from the same tree, you know, you can set boards next to each other and see how they look. You're like, no, this is going to be the tabletop. So if I use these four boards, they look okay. Yeah. In that sense. But Mm -hmm. yeah. And definitely before I worked here and trying to build projects for the magazine, you know, I just get a, a board and start cutting it up and use every piece of it. And now I look at it, it's like, well, I'm going to have to throw half of this board away. And I know that. And it's yep. that's OK. I'm trying to get the best look at the end rather than trying to use every piece of wood for this project or use some of this, the, the grain that I don't like as much for the back pieces or, you know, hide that right. kind of work around it that way. But yeah. Definitely considering waste and stuff in it. Uh, say it's funny because the board, the, the grain you don't like, John, is always the grain I like. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to throw all this weird, curly, weird grain out. And you're like, what are you doing? That's like beautiful stuff. I was just thinking of like the, the 
how workbench we built on a TV show. Like we had this awesome piece of beach, and John's like, "We're putting oh, that on yeah. the back because it was all f- like weird flecked with mineral streaks." And I'm like, "That's <laughs> awesome." John's like, "It's going on well, the back." I, I think the problem with that was like ev- all the rest of the pieces looked homogenous, and yes. it was just that one piece. Like if you're gonna go, you know, all out and kind of fe- feature some of that stuff, that's fine. But it always looks weird if it's just one yeah. piece and yeah. it just sticks out like it doesn't belong. So uh, I don't know. For the TV show, I thought it was distracting, but yeah. I don't know. I kind of like the rust that you know more rustic look on stuff, but characterized look. Yeah. So Phil, you're—I mean, I've seen your lumber rack in your shop. Um, do you keep? Is most of the stuff in your shop lumber rack stuff that you know what it is, or do you have some weird stuff in there that you're like, yeah, I don't really know what this is. Uh, most of it I know what it is, okay. yeah. And I've, and I, I guess it's, this is why I choose topics like this for the podcast because I feel schizophrenic sometimes on right. kind of wishing that I had the opportunity to have some kind of a wood stash. Yeah. So that if I came across a really great deal on, you know, some really cool white pine or something like that, that nice and clear fun to work with, but I don't really have a use for it right now. Then I could draw from that account for a while and not be, I need white pine. And the only way I'm going to get it is to pay through the nose and whatever, for whatever the Mm -hmm. current market value is on it. Yeah. However, I've also suffered for a long time with like here's a six foot board of cherry that's eight inches wide three quarter inch thick beautiful piece of wood straight grain for the most part very few pitch pockets or mineral streaking on it almost no sap wood it's a gorgeous board and by itself is probably a fifty dollar board yeah. you know but what am I going to do with that? Yeah. Make, you know, cutting boards, Phil. <laughs> right. And I've done that. I know. But it's like I there's do. only so many cutting boards that I can give to people where it's like, I have 12 of your cutting boards already. Yep. And yeah. unless I light some of these on fire, I don't really need another one. Yep. I, it's funny because I think, I think, you know, I keep bringing up David Marks because he had the most unbelievable lumber stash I've ever seen. So this is why I'm like, this is funny because I'm drawing on a lot of stuff that I noticed he did with his lumber stashes. I mean, the guy had, he had like full logs of Gabbana ebony sitting there. Like who, who does that? Like, yeah. I don't get it. Um, however, what I noticed he did is he writes a lot of, um, he'll write on the end grain. So he, a lot of his short stuff he'll have poked in. So end grains facing out. But he'll write on it, you know, and, and the ones that I, you know, after just hanging out with David for a week, you know, I just hear him say it in his head, uh, you know, curly maple, killer figure, you know, and it just like you'll have all these end grain boards that say killer figure, killer, killer, killer. It's like, well, you have a lot of really nice curly maple. But then he's like, oh, you want to go see my real lumber stash? And it's like a separate building where there's slabs of everything just stood up and like 
pieces of, I don't know, quilted mahogany that he spent, you know, $200 a board foot on. Like, just like nuts stuff. Um, yeah. But now we're talking about this, and it sounds all fine and dandy, but there gets to a point where, and David said this, he's like, I will never use all of this in my lifetime. He's like, if I, if I started right. today and I worked until the day I died, I'm David 70. Um, if I worked from now until the day I died, I would still not get through all my lumber. So he's started to kind of not thin stuff out, but kind of started to let some stuff go that he's like, I would have never thought I would give, like, let this go. Yeah. Which is interesting to me. And that's part of my struggle too is um, I'm not 70, but I also don't want to be that old guy where the grandkids have to go through grandpa's barn and shop and deal with, you know, 900 rando boards that he collected because it was a great idea, but he was never going to get to it no matter how long he lived. Yeah. You know, that there's just a collector, you know, magpie sort of personality that just needs to have stuff. Yeah. I think some of it just ends up being, you know, being realistic with what are your goals in your shop? What do you want to right. build? What do you like building? Just build what you like to build. Like if you don't like doing cutting boards, throw them freaking scraps away and don't do cutting boards. Yeah. Or yeah, find somebody who has a wood stove and Yeah. Yeah, because I mean as much as I'm like, well, if I don't cut this log up, it's going to turn into firewood. Well, firewood's a legitimate use. Maybe that's okay. Yeah. All right. I think that wraps up another episode of the Shop Notes podcast. Uh, If you have any questions, comments, or smart remarks, I want to hear about them. You can send them to me by email, woodsmith at woodsmith.com, or you can leave them in the comments section on our YouTube channel where you can also watch the video recording of the podcast. Otherwise, I would love it if you could rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to it to help it get out to more folk like you uh, and extend our reach here a little bit. Otherwise, we'll see you next week, everybody, on the Shop Notes podcast. Bye.